What's up everyone? Welcome to the Life Livers Academy. I'm Jamie O'Donnell and the purpose of this podcast is to connect you with the people, ideas, mindsets and inspiration to empower you to chase your dreams, unlock your potential and live life to the fullest each day. Get ready for some inspiring conversations and incredible insights from people who are out there living life, having fun and dominating their chosen path. I appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get this episode underway. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce my guest uh, on the show today, Rani Eda. Some of you will know him better for his alias of Plant-Based Māori. Uh, he is one of New Zealand's sort of leading social media stars at the moment. He's putting some fantastic content out there, not just with his podcast, with just by digesting his own thoughts and kind of perspective on life and putting it out there to help other people grow. Uh, he's someone who's recently dived into a business venture that he's very passionate about and has literally worn his heart on his sleeve and shared that entire journey with the world. Uh, he's an inspiring man and he's got a very unique perspective on life that I'm uh, interested to tap into. So, Raniera, thank you so much for your time, bro. I'm really excited to have a chat. Oh, thank you for the invitation, bro. You know, there's been a whole lot of time throughout this whole lockdown period where I've been in your position, you know, just, you know, trying to jam out content, trying to bring in, you know, amazing individuals who can try and add value throughout this period to instill a bit of hope as well as just education around, you know, how we can view things a little bit differently, especially when we live in a world where there's a lot of negativity, a lot of doubts, a lot of judgment, a lot of shame, and how are we able to encapsulate those aspects, but also let's just make the better parts of this world of, of ourselves just way louder. And so for me, that's just been like a real Northern star for myself. So happy to be here, bro. Um, to be where you are, it's actually quite energy taxing, you know, because you're trying to hold space for someone to to share their story, right? And you're always trying to think about the next question. <laughs> so for me, bro, I just find it um, just a privilege to be able to just to be on this end for a change and just to let it rip. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. It's funny because I think I first, or one of the first interviews I heard with you was when you jumped on ISIS podcast, um, yeah. the first interview, not your second one. And... Um, I've listened to your podcast a lot and obviously you have your say on there, but but it's more about the guests and uh, you've got such a unique perspective. I really enjoyed hearing you interviewed, which was why I wanted to reach out. Yeah. Um, it's, been a, it's been a fascinating time. I really resonate with what you said about the negativity being louder than ever and, and you know, all the doubt and all that stuff. What have you learned over the last few weeks, bro? I think my major lessons have been just identifying more of who I am, right? Identifying the better parts of myself and strengthening the things that really make me happy, right? Because there's in this world where there's so much distractions, where there's so much opportunities to grow ourselves as individuals or to grow a business or to be a better partner or to be a better son, whatever that may be, whatever that role you have when normality hits, Right, but there's never really a time where you can sort of sink into self, right? There's never been a better time for that unless you're going live like a monk or going <laughs> escape into the wilderness for a couple of weeks. But there's never been a period of time where we'll ever have this kind of um you know, sense to find these deeper parts of ourselves, And for me, this is where my whole journey started, bro. For me, it was all through meditation. It was all through um, trying to redefine questions that demand more from myself. And when I say more from myself, it's meaning more of a journey inward, 
right? And that's where I find a whole lot of my insights, um, my makeup, my behaviors, my thought patterns, and it's just trying to find the words to articulate that. And for me, just diving into um, my spirituality has been like a big one throughout this whole uh, couple of weeks uh, because, bro, it's there's so much freedom when you can tap into that. Right, there's so much freedom when you can tap into that. And for myself, it's just trying to engage more with the elements. But I'm doing a whole lot of bare feet, walking around and um, on the ground, trying to draw energy. I'm out with my shirt off, just like in the sun. I'm immersing myself into cold water. You know, I'm training pretty hard at the moment, and I'm also just really dialing in my nutrition. And all of these different aspects are really just contributing to me being the ultimate version of myself. And for once, I think this is probably the best I've ever felt within myself, bro, in terms of constantly being in a state of flow, right? Constantly being in a state of flow where the things that were once very hard logically, like who wants to wake up at 5.30 in the morning? Who wants to go and put themselves in cold water at 7 o'clock in the morning? Whereas now it's... I really look forward to those things because of how much it's actually filling me up. And I think that's what the major lessons of this whole two-week period has been or four-week period. Yeah, it's crazy because I even just following online, I, one of the things I was going to say to you before when we were chatting was you seem like you've just been on fire the last month. Like, you know, like your your journey has just been progressing like this over like the last 18 months. And I guess you've been brave enough and courageous enough to put everything out there, which is something that is hard to do, man. Um, but you haven't held back and you've you've done all the business stuff. But in that last four weeks in particular, you've just been like crushing it. And it's it's <laughs> it's not it's not like you just posting shit up online and saying, Look at me, I'm doing this. It's like you can see it radiating in you, you know? And yeah. What you talk about um hitting all those elements and I've seen you doing the cold water immersion and um, you know, really having some kind of good high performance habits built in. But there yeah. must have been a shift in mindset before that for you to actually take that on. What, can you talk to that for a bit? Yeah. So the mindset at um, the particular time was, um, you know, there's like I, going back to what I said at the start, there's, there's always a different perspective to view any situation. Right. And when I knew we were going into lockdown, my, my, my brain just started to work in a way that, all right, I need to be creative. I need to try and maximize this whole situation because I'm not going backwards, right? That was a decision. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not folding. I'm not submitting to this global pandemic that is crippling a whole lot of people because they're in a space of scarcity, in a space of fear, in a space of uncertainty. Mm. Whereas for me, I was able to capitalize just through experience, lived experience through the journey that I've been on the last few years where I was able to really just shift into, all right, so you're going to strip um, the food trailer away from me, going to strip all of these other things away from me. How can I improvise, right? Went into doing um, food delivery service for a week. That got cut out because we moved into level four. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, all right, now what? So I started to create something online that was going to turn into an online resource and that ended up going pretty well. I haven't released anything on that yet because it's actually been developed into something more where I've moved into a sort of like coaching, mentoring, supporting um, aspect of this whole journey where I've brought in a group of people and we're just working through this together yeah, awesome. and just sharing 
the blueprint that I've sort of laid out over the last couple of decades, I've been able to congest all the best parts of that and try and offer it uh, to sort of serve people in that sense. And alongside all of that has just come through, you know, moving into online um, podcasts because I love the interaction. I love connecting and I really love doing it in person. But what this whole thing showed me was people are a lot more acceptable to, um, you know, to lower quality. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right? So everyone's a bit more open because there's a lot more understanding of, of you're not going to get the best quality because we're not in person. You don't have the right mics, but everyone's just been okay with that. Mm. And as soon as I, as soon as that sunk for me, I just went on this rampage where I was like, damn, I'm going to do a podcast every day. I'm going to put one out every <laughs> second day. I'm going to do three podcasts a day. All of these things just started to fill me up, bro. And alongside all, of, alongside all of that, one of my good friends over in Australia, he has a gym, F45 gym, and he moved online. Yeah. And so he invited me and my best mate to do the online program. And every single morning we're doing like F45 trainings. We've moved into dialing in our nutrition. We've moved into channeling, you know, our mindset into overcoming wanting to quit in these sessions and everything has just like been like a perfect orchestra bro yeah it's like the universe is like you know god whatever you want language it it's like everything has happened in divine timing but i can't say that there hasn't been any moments of struggle yeah right there's been tension there's been um a little bit of stress but not much at all but it's just due to uh, the situation, but there's been a profound amounts of good that is sort of like manifested throughout this whole stage, bro. It's funny that you say about that journey because I was thinking that as you were saying it, you know, with the F45 trainings and that, but you've been challenging and training yourself mentally for the last, you know, few years. Yeah. But, but you know, you did your challenge where you're out there running. How, what, did you run for a whole year, was it? That- yeah, I ran every day last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you've been uh, kind of pushing the mental barriers already. And then funnily enough, that is the uh, probably the most prized thing that you could have done for yourself in terms of the timing of right now. And I, I sort of feel the same, bro. Like I... Um, I've always, I talked to a guy, Dave Latelli, who, uh, the brown butterbean, you probably know him, he's a fantastic bloke, but, you know, he talks a lot about the, using exercise as a tool to build your mental resilience every day, and I've always trained for those reasons, like, it's been, you know, there's a, you want to look good and you want to feel good and stuff, but for me, it's like, how far can I push, how can I, how can I use this as a lesson that can apply to the rest of my life, and going into this lockdown period has been exactly the same for me, bro, I've actually been busy at like I started the podcast which is something I've been sitting on for two years um, <laughs> and it was the same thing it was like the barrier to entry was lower than what it has been I was like oh fuck it it's time to roll let's go and yeah. um, you know just a whole bunch of other stuff but I feel like kind of all of that mental training has just paid off so much because the people that I'm speaking to who are thriving in lockdown are the people who have faced the most adversity in their life mm-hmm. and I spoke to a guy yesterday and it really stuck with me he was a coach in Australia and he said through this, you either get better or you'll get bitter. Yeah, love that, love that. And I was like, whoa, that's exactly what, that's that summed it up. Like you're either in one of those two camps. And thankfully, I've been grateful enough to, you know, connect with a whole bunch of people who are in the first camp who have just used this time to get better. And I think a big part of that is, like you said, bro, is um, it's the first time that people have stopped in a long time and had time to go inward and 
the busyness of life has has allowed people to have some space to think about what they want and people have been working on themselves. Yeah, I believe in that like wholeheartedly, bro. In order to be able to um, be in that state of awareness through something that has a global impact the way that it is. And I believe it's only the start, bro. We haven't even mm. felt the pain of the economic crisis that's, that's about to come, you know. But I think because this journey started like a decade ago or like five years ago, it's every one of those moments has sort of built to this one moment where a lot of people who haven't started their own journey of self-development or gaining more awareness of who they are, it's like you're being forced mm. into learning about yourself. It's like a forced <laughs> awakening, right? It's like a forced stepping stone into really figuring out what's important right now. Right. And bro, this should happen like once a year, bro. There should be like a global cleanse. <laughs> you know, it's like something that is just that could be so beneficial, right? The land, the environment is just revitalized. You know, air pollution has just like gone down. People are connecting way more with their family, with their spouses. People are starting to figure out, you know, what they actually want to do, you know, because when all of these things like, you know, when we're in society, there's a whole lot of fear driven through jobs, through money. But when all that's stripped away, you got time to think. you got time to be free. And now for me, it's like, right, how can you turn that thought or that energy into something tangible? Mm. Right? How can you actually use this to build momentum? Because bro, we're already seeing it now. As soon as we went to level three, you know, people are waiting in the McDonald's lineup at like 5am going all the way out the street. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of people who haven't learned anything, right? So it's just about to the people who are able to really look at this whole situation and try and extract the goodness from it. That's when, when things go back to normality, those are where the separations are going to be in terms of um, improving the quality of everyone's life. And I think that's where I'm moving into. My whole life is just, bro, I'm honestly, bro, I can say hand on my heart, like I'm so happy, bro, you know? Yeah, I, can, I can see it, man. But there's a whole lot of empathy as well. There's a whole lot of empathy as well for, you know, people who have suffered throughout this time. But for me, you know, I can't spend too much energy there because, at the moment, the best thing that I can do is continue to feed my fire because what I've noticed is that it's instilling so much hope into so many people who are starting to see the changes that are happening in my life. And it's, that's why I post constantly, bros, because I ain't going to rest, right? <laughs> I got this big belief that if something's going so good, why stop? Yeah. And I think when we enter into this space, a belief enter straight away where it's like, this isn't going to last forever. And what happens the next day? Something fucked up happens that sent you 10 steps back. So for me, it's like, how can I keep this fire stoked? And I was in the water this morning, bro. I actually done like a prayer to God, to the universe. And I said, please give me the energy to be able to sustain this journey that I'm on because it's going incredible. Because that thought started to enter. And the insight that I got was, you know, you have asked, so you shall receive, mm. right? Because I submitted to not allowing that thought to control me. I voiced it with a different intention, right? And that message came through and boom, bro, I was just back up. I was charged up. You know, I've had three podcasts today. I've got back-to-back -back interviews with consultants after this. 
and I'm on to a new journey, bro, that's going to only grow into something amazing. So, you know what, bro? We, let's just go, bro, on a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you, you're someone who's, like, you seem um, that you just have so much gratitude for everything. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I know that gratitude is something that's banged around a lot, uh, People talk about the term gratitude, but often don't practice it. Uh, it's often harder to uh, embody gratitude than it is to, to say that you should be grateful for something. But you Why do you think that is, bro? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think that people, what the, I, for me, the shift that I think it comes down to is finding the joy in the struggle. Like when you can mm-hmm. genuinely be grateful for the bad stuff, then you can be grateful for anything. But when you, it's it's that growth mindset, bro. When you when you see that it's the hardest times and the most adversity were actually the best things that happened to you, you believe. Yeah. And, and so when you're going through it, it's different, and it's then easier to be grateful. But if you've never had a lens where like you've learned from your lessons and let your lessons and adversity strengthen you, then there's no proof that that you should be grateful for that type of thing, right? So for me, over the last uh, four weeks in particular, like when this all came about, I was like. I was up for it straight away. I was like, right, bang, let's go. Let's go to another level because I've had adversity. Like, mm-hmm. like, and at the time it sucked. And, but on the other side of that, you learn that, wow, that was amazing. That strengthened me as a person. I would not be able to go out and do what I do right now uh, in any capacity had I have not gone through that. And so, yeah, I think on the other side, it's easier to be grateful. But what I was going to ask you is just what, you you genuinely just seem to have like a gratefulness about you. Is that through adversity from when you were younger? Is that how you've always been? Is that something that you've learned through practice? Where does that come from? Both like gratitude for me was a real it was like the stone that was dropped in a lake for me. It was the thing that really started to sink. Right? It really just started to penetrate because like, you know, you hear it from your parents growing up, you know, you should be grateful, say thank you, you know, be appreciative, all of those kinds of things, show appreciation. And it's not, like you said, bro, it's not until you go through these different lived experiences, right, where you know what the opposite is, right? You know what it's like to mindlessly go throughout life with having no gratitude. (laughs) You're limited, bro. There's a threshold in terms of the amount of abundance and happiness that you can have. But it was when I was over in um, Bali, bro, I was traveling. I was traveling around with a good friend and I had all this money and I was going through this experience and, bro, I was over in Bali and, man, just going throughout Southeast Asia, you see people who have little to nothing and they're still like, you can tell that they're just all good. You can tell that they have so much gratitude. You can tell that they're so thankful and happy because of who they are. I don't know what it was, but it triggered something in me Mm. when I can see this, I'm seeing this with my own eyes, right? And then I can have these images in my own mind where I'm just an ungrateful bastard. Yeah, bro. Right, I've never relate. shown any, there's been no showing gratitude, you know, to my family or to these certain situations where if these people had half of the opportunities that I have had, how crazy would their life be? And here I am in that position and not even valuing it as much as I should be. 
right? And so when I just started to embody gratitude, I got a tattooed on my fingers. <laughs> and as soon as I started to think about it, bro, it didn't come down to anything outside of, you know, the thing that I've been showing gratitude a lot for is my heart, right? How often do we just think about these things that we just don't even think about? Bro, our body's a machine that is just working without us even thinking about it. Right, but when we're asleep, our heart just continues to breathe, our lungs are still going. Why we ain't even here, bro? We're unconscious, right? We have all of these things at our disposal, right? We have the sun that is just giving so much life that is a million times bigger than, than the globe, bro. We're on a planet, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, all of these things, bro. Like, as soon as I before I came in here, I've been, I went outside, I was on the ground my bare feet, I had some big, big, three big breaths. I opened my eyes and I saw this flower that I haven't seen in our yard. And I went and I just, bro, I just stood in front of it for like five seconds and I just said, thank you, right? Because it, what that actually gave me was the moment, right? It brought me mm. to a moment where yeah. I was able to appreciate, right? And you can't be grateful when you aren't present, right? You can't be grateful when you're Oof. not present. And for me, when I tap into my heart, bro, there's this whole feeling of unworthiness, of unlove that a whole lot of people are experiencing, right? We're not worthy enough. We're not enough, right? Why don't people love me? Why can't I fit in? When really, bro, the insights that I've been giving when, given when I put my hands on my heart is that on a spiritual level, we were already worthy enough as soon as our heart started beating. Right, that was the permission for us to live our unique and authentic life. Was the moment we took our first breath, was the moment our heart started beating. Right. So for me, when I can just sink into that feeling, bro, it's like fucking let's go. <laughs> you know? That empowers me so much, bro. More than any money in anyone's bank, more than anything, because it brings me to this moment of pure joy. Right? Mm. And if we can live in that state of abundance, the overflow of opportunities, the overflow of different connections, the overflow of access to different thoughts right, that inspire us instead of drain us, that's the state that if we can consciously be in that in a consistent basis, our life would just change before we know it. Mm. It's just and like that. that. And that's a key thing that you just said on a consistent basis because I think people drop in and out of it, but it's like a muscle that you have to build, right? Because I, I completely, I, funny that you said Southeast Asia. I lived in uh, Thailand in 2018 and um, yeah. spent uh, almost a year there living with my partner. And it's something I'd always wanted to do. But I think for me, that was a real moment where I understood, like I felt gratitude. Like it wasn't like a concept yes. anymore. It was a thing. And I was like, yeah. I was like, it was the exact same thing where we were living in an apartment and I'd look down on the neighbours and it was a little tin shed and they had kids growing up and they were malnourished and they, you know, and they were just the happiest, friendliest, loveliest And they still people. give their offerings, bro. They give like their every, offerings every, every morning, you every know? Every day. And, and they would do anything for you and we could barely communicate because they didn't speak any English and we spoke limited Thai, and, but we just had this connection. We were next to them for six months and at the end, you know, there was just so many lessons in that because I was like, man, we've got everything. I'd wake up and, and be stressed about our business problems. And yeah. here I was living in a two-bedroom apartment in paradise, running an online business, and I was just slap myself in the morning <laughs> and look down yeah. there and just be like, come on. But it, it, for me, it was 
seeing that with my own eyes and being like, oh, well, like you are so privileged. And yeah, I right. think I think when uh, when that's all you're around, I think that's why travel and stuff so good as well is because that change of environment um, is is an instant shift in perspective. And I believe and, that, bro. And once you feel it, it's hard to go back on it. But what you said about consistently exercising that is so crucial because I also found that I fell out of it very easily when I got back to New Zealand and got back into a normal environment. Yeah. And so I had to build practices in to remind myself to be grateful and to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then once that becomes strong, you find yourself doing it everywhere, like with the flower in the garden. Yeah, 100%, bro. And like, to be honest, bro, I'm just out here just talking about very real experiences, right? Someone could be listening to this and like, fuck this out of a cunt, just like, <laughs> you know, out in his bare feet, just talking to flowers. But to be honest, bro, I'm at a point in my life where I just don't care, bro. Because this is what's happening in my life. This is what's bringing me pure joy. And why can't I talk about that? Well, talk right. to that for a minute, bro, because yeah, that, that's, that's a huge point, is that when you're living for yourself right now, and maybe that's, that, that's something that I don't think many people do, and uh, fear of judgment and stuff stops people unlocking that energy, bro. Mm-hmm. And, and you have unlocked it, but that can't have always been the way. How have you got past the, that fear of judgment and stuff? Because that's what stops people experiencing it. It's experience, bro. For me, it was experiencing the unlock, <laughs> right? It was going through these different stages of myself where I just got to this point where it was like, this is me, right? This is my journey. Because I was even at a point in my life, you know, you know, just recently where I wouldn't share too much on Instagram or just be here or there or just on social because of the way that I do think, you know, because it's quite deep, it's quite raw, it's quite real and it's quite confronting at the same time. Mm. So I wouldn't share too much. But now it's just like, bro, that's who I am. Yeah. You know, bro, ask my partner, bro. She just gets pissed off because I don't have like a handbrake when it comes to it. She could be talking about something, bro, and I've got philosophy for her. You know, she just wants to have a proper conversation. So for me, bro, this is just a part of myself that I just need to accept. And, you know, we've been raised in this whole society where there's so many conditions, there's so much judgment, there's so much things that are just, you know, tall poppy syndrome here and then there. There's so much things that is really limiting people's growth. But here I am and I'm about to say, don't put your limitations on who I am. All right? Don't put your perceived limitations of what you can't do onto who I am. Mm. Right? Because where I am, am right now, bro, I've never, like I said, I'm just going to keep saying it. I haven't felt this open. I haven't felt this abundant in terms of what's happening in my life at the moment, how I feel about myself. There's no negative train of thought that is in my state of being because of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Bro, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, I roll over to my partner and I'm feeding her affirmations while she's asleep. <laughs> you know, I love you. You're beautiful. I can't wait to build a family with you. I can't wait for us to get married. This is why she's still in like a sleep state, bro. I roll out of bed. I go and do my cardio. I'm learning things from people like Bruce Lipton. I'm watching London Real. I'm watching, you know, things on Wim Hof that's enabling me to learn as I exercise, Mm. right? I'm five days without using my asthma inhaler, bro. And I've been asthmatic since birth, right? So I'm learning new breathing techniques. After that, I go down to the water. I do my breath work from Wim Hof. 
I immerse myself in the water. I do my spiritual karakia. As I'm walking into the water, I do my breath work, I hold it, I go in and I'm submersed. I'm immersed for 10 minutes and I'm meditating, bro. I'm meditating for 10 minutes in freezing cold water, right? And I'm just so connected to the elements. I'm so connected to my guides. And this is where I'm receiving these profound realizations that I'm meant to be doing what I'm doing, mm. right? I'm doing what I'm meant to, I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I, done this message and I said, if you're hearing my request, you know, to the universe, please provide me a sign. As I opened my eyes, I shit you not, a bird on my right hand side just started flapping in front of me, wings on the water and it flew off. Like this is real stuff that's happening, bro. People are thinking like this is stuff that happens in a movie, but this is literally happening, you know, in the space of two weeks. And I come home, bro, I do my F45 accountability you know, I have my cold shower, I fuel my body with the right food and then I'm into work bro, and I'm connecting with people and I'm building and creating. And this is how where I get to this point where it's okay for me to go and just acknowledge a flower. It's okay for me just to go out and be in the sun and in the elements because it's what's working. I live by a simple mantra that if it's going so good, why stop? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the elements. It just triggered a memory that I had from when I was in Thailand and I was training with this guy from Australia who was a real spiritual dude, but he just had like, a, you know, when you're around someone who's just got an aura that's not like everyone else. Like he just, yeah, he walk into a room and you feel him walk in and you're like, oh, that dude's got some power, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I ended up, you know, training with him for, I don't know, he was there for probably five weeks or something and, he said to me one day, this massive tropical storm rolled in as we were training. And it was like, you know, Muay Thai gym, there's no walls or anything. And so, like, yeah. the rain's pelting in. It's like 33 degrees or something. And it was thunder and lightning and like rain bouncing up. And I was like, I was knackered. And, and he said, Bro, you're tired. And I was like, Yeah, well, we've been training for like an hour. And he said, Come with me. And he stood me just at the edge and he said, Shut your eyes and just feel the energy in the air and just breathe in the energy of the storm. And I was like, what the fuck is this going about? <laughs> and anyway, I did it and uh, I stood there and I like, you could feel the, the lightning and everything. And I went back where I've never had so much energy in my life. Like I went yeah. back into training and then it just became a thing for me when I was in Thailand. I started to do that. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd do that. And it, yeah, it's that awareness and that experience. And I completely resonate with what you're saying. If you haven't experienced it, you might think it's wacky. See, and that's it, bro. That's, that's what it comes down to. You know, my best mate, he's a guy who's full of reason and logic, right? And he's just tapping into the space himself because he comes from that sort of lens where he doesn't believe anything that anyone says unless he's experienced it himself, yeah. right? And, bro, that's, that's just how people are, right, okay. who are in that space. You've got to really experience something. And for, for me, bro, it starts with something so micro, you know, like anyone can practice gratitude. That should actually be taught in school. hundred oh, percent. Right. Things like that's what I learned traveling, bro. It wasn't like I had a great time just traveling and having the mean experiences, but it was the education that I learned about the values such as kindness, about compassion, about love, about gratitude. These were the things that I brought back home with me, bro, mm -hmm. about dreaming, about limitless possibilities mm. you know and for me bro it's it's you know i'm heavy in that space you know but it, it's what works for me it doesn't mean to say that you know 
all parts of my life, I just believe in surrendering to the full aspect of self, right? If you're someone who is just mentally strong and it's going well for you, sweet, but have you explored that emotion that you haven't dealt with, right? The trauma, the time where you got rejected, the time where you were judged or shamed, because that's ultimately fueling your fire. But what would happen if you released that? Mm. How much of a better person will you be? Right. So how are we able to go into those parts? And for me, I'm not a person who tries to extract that out of each and every individual, but this is just the way that I look at myself in the mirror because there's big parts of me that allow me to be the person that I am through these different expressions. And I'm all about the whole self. I'm all about the ego. I'm all about diminishing my ego. I'm all about sharing my scars, my vulnerabilities, all of these stories about me because at the end of the day, bro, that's my unique footprint mm. on this planet and that's, that's all I have. Have you got any it's – a, it's a beautiful thing that you just said there. It's so hard. When you, most people are running away. Like, I, think, yeah. I think most people are running away from their feelings and their emotions most of the time and it, you get so good at running away that, that it becomes a numbing and you forget that shit's not right. Yeah. And what you're talking about is that you're very self-aware and you've learned now to just to deal with that in the moment. But how, how did you first start facing up to that? Because personal development on that level is hard, man. Yeah. And, you can, and there's a balance between going there and staying there and staying there forever and, yeah, and right. not having a good time. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a balance towards dipping in and getting what you need and then coming out again. Yeah. Have you got any advice around that sort of stuff? Bro, that's like a beautiful sort of like point you raised. And for me, it was making sure the environments were safe, mm. right? Making sure that the environment supported that release, right? That it was, a sp I'm very, very aware of the spaces that I'm going into, right? You wouldn't just, you know, pull your heart out to a complete stranger, yeah, yeah, right? You wouldn't just, you know, allow these things to surface. But we all have an awareness that something is there, right? And just like if we were to put like a, lid on top of a bottle and we try and pull it all the way down to the ocean, it's always going to surface, right? It's going to surface at some stage in our life, right? Without you even realizing, right, you might have this deep-rooted emotion that you feel like is numb, but the way you're behaving is actually mirroring that emotion. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So like you might just act out of just being aggressive or act out and just be emotional. You might just think it's just happening, but really it's because something is there. And so for me, it's just about making sure that you're in a environment where it supports um, you being able to voice in a way that you're heard, right? Where you're in a space where no one has to say anything, but as long as you're heard and that just comes out, honestly, man, I've seen people's lives change in front of my eyes yeah. just through that one simple act of surrendering and letting go. You know, their businesses are better, their lives are better, their relationships with their partners are better. Everything just seems to work. But the initial part is just that discomfort of facing something that has just triggered you for a long period of time. 100%. And one of my times was, you know, with my dad. He, I used to, and I've shared this a few times, so I, I'm starting to become more aware of this whole scenario. But just as an example, I used to kiss my mum and dad goodnight every night, you know, up until the age of about six or seven, 
on one particular evening, my papa, my dad pulled away. And that was my first ever sign of rejection, mm. right? Of am I loved? Am I unloved? And this just only surfaced last year. And so when I was going through this, I went into a space where I was able to bring that up, right? And there was someone in that particular environment that able, enabled me to guide guide me into seeing that whole situation different because all it is, it's just a tweak in our perspective. It's just a tweak in our perspective about seeing a situation in multiple different views. Because when we're young or when we're in a certain stage of our life, we've just got this lens, right? But from that period to now, you've grown, you've different, you've got new connections, you're able to see the world a little bit differently. So how can you go back into those situations with a new lens, with detaching from the emotion, right? And I was able to see that my dad was only loving me the way that he knew how, Hmm. right? I took into account the way that he was raised, right? He had little love from his father. He's had a hearty lived experience, my old man. And so for me, I was able to look at that situation completely different, you know, as opposed to me being rejected, I was like, I'm actually grateful for that experience because my dad has helped shape me into the man that I'm proud to be today. Mm. And boom, bro, just released, you know, I had a big cry. And as soon as I got back, bro, I gave my dad a big hug. And our connection has just always been good, but this has just amplified it. Mm. And it's just trickled out into different parts of my life, you know. Man, that's powerful for people right there. That's, I mean, I think we've all experienced that to some degree. I, I've experienced that in the same way with my dad and, and in you know, family situations. But I think the big thing that I take away from what you said there is the um, non-attachment and, and yeah. your ability to, which I guess comes back to just trust and, and trying not to control every aspect. But mm-hmm. when, you, when you can see something for what it is and then release it, there's a, there's a huge power on the other side of that, eh? Hundred percent, bro. And at the end of the day, bro, like I could be sitting here just, you know, sharing all these words and sharing my experience. And by no words of a lie, I'm not like a doctor. I'm not like I'm. I wasn't a person who grew up and my destiny was carved out. Hmm. I wasn't someone who grew up and like he's going to be talented or he's going to be this or that. You know, I was. I always have been just like a person who has been, you know, below average and basically everything that I've done. And so for me, all I'm speaking to is lived experiences, right? As soon as I started to, to go into those spaces of raw emotions, right? You know, going through heartbreaks, going through bad relationships, losing multiple jobs, you know, becoming homeless at one point, you know, with a few of my friends, you know, having to ask mum and dad for money. This is... These are the chapters of my stories that really empower me to not being average, but being the best person that I can be. Mm. You know what I mean? And we can't allow that sort of like condition of being average to dictate the rest of our life. But like we keep saying, if we allow ourselves just to continue to be numb from all of these multiple different experiences that every single person has, your life is just going to be below average because that's the condition you've believed instead of taking ownership of what's putting you into that situation. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Bro, let's talk about business for a bit because your 
your transition into the kind of entrepreneurial journey has been a fascinating one to watch. And uh, I personally believe that I think entrepreneurship is the best personal development that you can undertake. <laughs> yes, sir, I believe that. <laughs> There's so many lessons and so many hardships and the biggest problems in business are personal problems. They're never business <laughs> problems. And yes, Faye. Yes, what yes. Have you, what have you learned on your entrepreneurial journey so far? What have been the biggest lessons for you? Yes, yeah, so for me, bro, it's, it's like I just fell into this, <laughs> to be honest, bro. Like I fell into entrepreneurship, into business and like I love it. I love it now, you know, just the creativeness. And like you said, it's just a, a, an opportunity for you to grow. It's the per- perfect personal development course for you as well as being in an intimate relationship i reckon those <laughs> two go hand in hand bro yeah and and throughout my journey bro the biggest lessons have been um letting go right the the sides of you know being in control of every part of the aspect you know because me and my fiance we're in business together with the food trailer and for a long time it was just me you know, for a long time, it was just me. I was just doing the real groundwork, getting things out there, going to markets, you know, setting up a gazebo and dreaming about what this could be. Could it be a cafe? Could it turn into a food trailer? And so when it got to the time, that was my main goal for 2019 was to uh, get a food trailer, you know, to scale the business, to um, to grow into what, the potential of this could be, you know, moving into its purpose, into its mission. And to be honest, bro, my money management has just been terrible. Like last year was incredibly terrible where the money that we're making in like catering or doing markets, bro, I was thinking that that was my money (laughs) as opposed to like, this is the business's money, but what's my wage? Yeah, I had no idea. I couldn't differentiate the two. And, you know, all that money was going on, like things like, oh, shit, should we go and have an Airbnb over in Rotorua or go to Tauranga? And just living, you know, without knowing that this goal of having the food trailer, it's not just going to come out of thin air. Hmm. And it got to a point, bro, where I was just felt the pressure because if you're task driven, if you're goal set driven and you have a deadline on it, you're like, holy shit, it's getting close to the time and I'm nowhere near achieving it. (laughs) <laughs> but I believe so much that it's going to happen, right? I was in that position. And when I went and done that um, podcast with Ice in May last year, he said, bro, you should do a crowd GoFundMe page. And at the time, I just, I just didn't have a good relationship with money, right? Anytime you talk about money, there was a negative association to it, right? And that's because growing up in an environment of lack, Right, there was no money, there was no business owners around me or anything like that. And so for me it was a real hard process and concept to grasp at the time. But when it got to that point of things getting to the end, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna put it out there and I put it out in a way where it was I looked at my whole journey, right? And throughout my whole journey, I felt that I've given so much value, right? Sharing recipes, sharing insight, you know, supporting people. And for me, I was able to look at it in a way, they're not giving me money. They're giving the business money. Yeah, right. Right. They are, they are contributing to the dream, 
right? And so for me, it was also an opportunity for people who just want to give, to give to it because not everyone can come and buy food off us. Not everyone can travel around or travel to different countries just to come and buy food to support. So it opened up an avenue for people who want to give to actually give. And in the space of two hours, we, we raised all the money, right? <laughs> all the money just came in, bro, just to get this food trailer up and running. And in the space of two months, it got built in a little town called Waihi. Um, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law done all of the inside. And we've been operational since the 1st of December. And on the opening, bro, the opening night is when I've had probably the biggest challenge of the business, the opening <laughs> night. My father-in-law done all the work, right? All the flooring, all the work. And I was just there. He'll say, go and grab the hammer, whatever it was. I was just there in his face, just wanting to be a part of it. And two hours before the opening, the trailer was finished. Went and got it. I went to go and put water into the water tanks. Went to go and do something else. Just hear this boom, like boom. And I thought something fell off the, the counter where we looked under and there was just water pissing out, pissing out of the trailer all over the ground. And I was like, fuck, ran, went and turned off the water. I came back and my fiance was on the ground. <gasps> Look at the ground. I looked under, bro. And I was like, fuck. I went inside and the whole floor was cracked. The whole floor was cracked. And I literally fell on my knees and I cried. I gave up, bro. I, I just gave up. I was like, nah, nah, fuck. I had no words to say, nothing, bro. Just tears on my knees, just in disbelief of my one error of just filling up water tanks, bro. Like my one job <laughs> was to fill up water tanks and I just ruined the floor. And I was crying in my partner, bro. She's just, she's incredible with high pressure situations yeah. and creating solutions. She's just really amazing with ideas. She's solution based. And she just said, look, I'm going to ring my dad. And I didn't want to because I was insecure. I was shame. I was, I was so small, bro, because I knew all the work and hours he had put into it. And she was trying to talk to me, comfort me, bro, but I was like cold. I was, there was nothing coming out of me. Anyway, he came over, bro, and he lives by a motto, motto that um, nothing's ever broken. Everything can be fixed. And he came over, bro. He fixed it. Um, not fully, but he was able to get the floor back down. Um, we ended up going down and there was nothing prepped because there was, the floor was fucked. So we had hardly anything going. People waiting outside, started up the generator. The person across the road who lived um, across the road from where we were serving at the time, he came over, started calling me all of these names because of the generator being too loud and he wanted to watch TV. And I was just like, oh, you know what, bro? Like, I've just had a really hard afternoon. And he was like, I don't give a fuck. It's <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, bro. Like, if you want to complain or go to the police or Council, like, be my guest, bro, but I just got to get back in here and get this day over with. And we're going hard in there, bro, trying to get everything ready. But the thing that just changed the whole entire day was opening up those doors and just having this massive ovation, bro. Like, there was heaps of people out and just claps. 
woo, heaps of all of those moments. And I was just like, oh, we're here, you know? And that was my introduction, bro, to the scaling of the business, <laughs> right? That was day one of the food trailer, right? And so, you know, heaps of lessons through that. And, you know, heaps of people got a lot of momentum from it, you know, being right in the bank smack middle of summer. We just had back-to-back gigs, um, heaps of things happening, trying to create better systems. And we eventually moved into a permanent location right in the center of town that happened two weeks before lockdown. So, yeah, man, it's been a crazy ride so far, brother. <laughs> crazy, crazy ride. Mate, you really hit something on that, uh, something you said there where you said, uh, you know, you you felt small and your insecurities and that when, when it had all gone wrong and you didn't want to ask for help. I reckon that's why so many entrepreneurs fail. I know in, in the past that's why I've made the biggest mistakes I've made is because I've wanted to, even when I've known that I didn't have the answers, I've been too scared to reach out for help. How yep. big a part of your journey so far, just in life and in business, is being able to ask for help? Well, that's a major one, eh? And I still struggle with it to this day, you know? Like I can't even ask my fiancé sometimes. I can't even ask my mum sometimes, you know, to come and help and do a bit of prep and it's just this whole thing of like um, you don't want to feel like a burden. You don't want to feel like you're um, asking too much, you know, because it is like within any job, with anything that you're passionate about, it it takes a whole lot of you, Hmm. right? It takes, you're the last thing you think about. You don't, you don't eat, you don't sleep. You're just going hard. You know, and for me, when I'm in that space, I didn't really want to put. And the thing that tripped me up was I had this expectation that my partner had to be as as passionate as me, where that created so much tension, right? Business is hard, but when you're going into a business with your partner as well in that kind of environment, bro, there was just fireworks just happening, right? And so heaps of things were just in that space where, now, through those fireworks, we're able to talk about, right, what are our roles? What are our roles within this space? You know, what are you comfortable with doing? What can I handle? Whatever you don't want to do, just know that I'm keen to do it, right? And we just set those boundaries within our workspace. She's now has her own space within the business because for a long time, she just felt like an employee rather than a business owner. Yep. And for me, that just came down to letting go. Right. And having those hard conversations as well. Like, do you feel like it's your business? What would it take for you to know that it is your business? Right. Are you okay with it just being my business? You know, these kinds of things. So we've arrived at a good point where we're just having these open communication lines about what does scaling look like? You know, do we want to get another food trailer? Because at the moment we can't be in two places at the same time because of our permanent location. So we're talking about scaling by getting another food trailer built. We're trying to create another team, like build a team so we can be in multiple places at the same time rather than just being confined to one source of income, one permanent spot and only one opportunity. So we're just trying to expand that at the moment. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What about in the online space? Because um, you... Although you say you just sort of threw yourself into this and, and what it, you've got a you, you're a smart man. Like I, I remember when we were, um, I think it was when you did the first Gary Vaynerchuk uh, seminar and you guys did a haka. 
Yeah. And I was like, that was smart. That was clever. And I know that, <laughs> it, I know that it was coming from a place of like service and wanting to put something on, but it was also like, this is a good opportunity, you know. And, and then I was at the second one and you got up and you um, you spoke to Gary and you just, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you you said a really nice piece and acknowledged him really well in front of the crowd. And I was like, man, this guy is sharp, eh? Like, <laughs> but you're, you've built a big brand in a pretty short space of time online. Um, what are your learnings in the online space? Like if someone's looking to get stuck in, like now's the perfect time to be working on a passion project or, um, you know, taking action on things that they've been putting off. For anyone who's wanting to get started in the social media space or something like that, what are some of the bits of advice and learnings that you've had that would uh, enable someone to, to get going as quick as possible and to, I guess, take the right steps? Because that's an area that you've really excelled in, you know? Yeah, I think for myself, it comes down to two things. The first thing is, what is your truth, right? What is, who are you, um, how do you express, right? What does your content look like? And you can't base it around what other people think about it, but base it around just something that relates to you. Because I think when you're in this influencer social media space, I think the biggest fear is being one person online and being someone completely different in person. 100%. Right? I think what we try and do in this space is we bring these two things together. You know, where I want to meet people and be like, bro, you're freaking, you're exactly the same. I'm like, bro, that's, you know, and I got that from my, I see someone who takes that as a compliment. And when I started to think about it, I was like, you know what? That's the biggest compliment that you can get because there's so much fakes out there who are just trying to project someone that they're not. Right? 100%. And, for me, I think it just comes down to what is your truth, right? What is something that really just excites you, that makes you tick and just talk about that. And that's where I would start. And the next bit of advice is, is collaboration, man. It's connections. It's all about reaching out. It's about getting five no's for that one yes. You know what I mean? Like you reached out to me a few weeks ago. I was I was just jammed with so much work and, you know, you, you kept reaching out. I was like, bro, sweet. Let's make it work. You know, it's all about trying to leverage where you're at and align yourself with someone who's on a similar pathway and just connect, yeah. right? And that's what happened with me and Ice, right? Last year, I I reached out to him, see if he was keen to catch up. My partner got me a flight to go and see him. That was my birthday present. He didn't know I was going there just to see him, but that's what I was willing to do to make that connection. Yeah. Because he inspired me so much in terms of what he was putting out. I started to implement what he was doing. I related to him because he's from here in New Zealand as opposed to someone like Gary V, right? Who's someone who is just doing extremely well on a global scale. But for me, it's all about relatability. 100%. Right? I need someone who I can relate to on like a, you need to be from New Zealand or just for where I was at the time. Right, as, and as you grow, you start to see similarities in him and Gary Vee or wherever it may be. So, for me, it's just about connection. It's about collaboration, and that one podcast just put me on. Hmm. Right, it put me on even bigger because I was able to just share my story, bro, and connect with someone who I really looked up to and still look up to today. And through that one experience, he told me to do the crowdfunding. He told me to do the podcasting. And all I've done is implemented both of his advice. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to. It comes down to one, valuing. If you're getting into this collaboration and connection sort of space, one, you've got to value the person's time. And the way you value that is you honor what they say. 
right? And that's the thing that I really, really hard out pride myself on is when someone says something and I've gone out of my way to see them and they've gone out of their way to see me is whatever they say, I'm going to fucking execute. Yeah, I'm going to do it, right? If, I, if, he's, if someone tells me to wake up at three o'clock, I'll do it, you know, because something's attracted me to this person. It's not the following. It's not, you know, what they're doing. It's who they are and how yeah, they operate. Totally. The and energy. We can, it's the energy. And we can model whatever it is that they're doing. And so for me, anything that anyone says that I look up to, bro, I just execute. And it's, it's, it's worked for me so far. And it only sort of acknowledges them even more, right? It acknowledges the other person even more when you actually um, implement whatever they suggest. Yeah, well, that's the greatest respect, man. Like if exactly. someone's going to give you their time and their advice and, and share their scars and, and everything with you, um, it's very disrespectful to not action that in the first place. But Ice is someone who, he's a unique character, man. Like he's a guy I'd love to connect with down the track. He's just... He's someone, He's he would be in the top three or four people online that I look up to, I think, in the sense yeah. that what I respect about him most is I'm a, I'm a big league fan. So <laughs> first and foremost, he is a good league player. But his ability to just be himself and keep it real is right at the top of the list for me. Um, it's very hard to do. Like I know that myself, you find yourself morphing in certain situations and and when you try and appeal to everybody, you end up appealing to nobody. And mm -hmm. and what you have been able to do with your brand, which is what I touched on in the intro, was just be yourself and and put all your stuff out there. And and then all of a sudden, nobody can mirror that. Nobody can copy mm -hmm. what you're doing because it's your unique footprint, and that's how you set it. Yeah. And Ice is just another one of those people that he shares it. He's generous. He adds value up front. He comes from a place of service. He's just got genuine passion. He's the sort of guy that I feel like if you sat with him, you'd you just there's no way that you could leave that conversation not feeling better about yourself and about life. And bro, uh, he just he just goes, bro. Like he's he's just constantly sort of like thinking, you know, just jamming out different ideas. But then he's got this real chill aspect of him too. You know, like he's not just hard out. There were just times we were just chilling for hours. But when it came time to like ask a question, bro, he just had everything. You know, he's just so yeah. giving. I think the thing that I really admire about him, bro, is just his adaptability. Yeah. Right. And his the way he's able to articulate his thoughts, right, in a relatable way. You know, that's that's a mastery. That's mastery right there. And, you know, when you're sort of talking about, you know, when I done the haka for Gary V and acknowledged them and that bro, me and my best mate, that's something we know within our culture. That's the highest acknowledgement that we can give is to share our culture and to yeah. be ourselves. Bro, we've not only done one for Gary Vee, but we've done one for Tony Robbins too when we went to the date with Destiny. You know, so that has seemed to be like our thing when we get the opportunity, when something just like that happens, we're presented with an opportunity to just share, to give back, right? Because when we think about Gary Vee or Tony Robbins or all of these other incredible thought leaders, they've given so much. And when they give so much to one person, that's a ripple effect to yeah. many people behind yeah. them. And so when we get up and do the haka, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for everyone that has received some generosity from these individuals. And, you know, bro, that's at the end of the day, it's unique as well. It's who we are. It's what we want to do from the best place. And, you know, they're going to remember that experience. 
Oh, 100%. Oh, Gary did. I remember him saying that. He said he remembered you from the first time and he instantly was like, yeah, and I was like, man, it's yeah. so cool. But it, it, yeah, like you hit it on the, na- the nail on the head. It's one of those unique, special things about our country and our culture and to be able to put that on display for people like that is amazing. Um, what, one thing, one question I've got for you, because I think when people, like when we talk about, one of the things that I find so attractive about your brand and ICE and people like that is that is that relatability in the sense that it doesn't feel, you know, if you think if you're a ball player and and you're comparing Michael Jordan as your hero, it's like, yeah, it's Michael Jordan. It's good for him, but I can't do that because mm-hmm. the gap's too big. But when you see someone from your country or your hometown or who doesn't have, you know, rich parents or connections or whatever, just going out and doing it, it just eliminates all your bullshit. Exactly. And, and so you sharing and documenting your journey has, you know, it's done that for me. I'm sure it's done that for a whole lot of other people. But, what, in your opinion, what's the, how do you dream big but not paralyze yourself with big dreams where it seems like there's such a big gap that you don't know the first step? Yeah, I think it comes down to humility, bro. You know, you got to step into dreaming big but have the humility to really allow yourself to just not allow the ego to drive. Right, because sometimes when we dream so big, you know, we won't let anything get in the way of that, right? But if you're ego-driven, you know, and, and, and for some, like, ways, bro, it actually works, right? You can be ego-driven and you can get to your destination, all right? But for myself, bro, it's all about support, man. You know, you've got to look at the people around you. You've got to look at your community. You've got to look at the environments that you're in and are you in an environment where when you share your dream, are you supported, right? When you share your dream, is the feedback that's coming back adding value to it with practical steps forward or is it diminishing, right? Or is it reminding you of the worst of parts of yourself? So for me, I'm very, very careful of who I share my dreams with, mm-hmm. right? I have these profound, vivid realizations and images of where things can go. I'll share it with my partner. I'll share it with my best friend because I know the feedback that's going to come from it, it's going to be supportive, but also better ways to do it, right? And I think that gives us the momentum just to take that first step. And that's what I've been able to do throughout, you know, the last few years is just trial and error, um, stepping out, whatever doesn't work, just don't attach myself to it, just let it go, try and pick up something new, meeting multiple different people who are on the same frequency or on the same path where we just vibe, where we bounce. And ultimately, bro, before you even know it, you look up and you're so much further than that first step. Hmm. You know, so I think we just can't think. (laughs) We can't just think about dreaming. We can't just think about what we want to do or win the lotto or leave it up to fate. There has to be an element of your physical self to try and make some movements to get there, right? I think it's all about action at the end of the day, bro. And it's about getting used to failing. It's about accepting that failure is inevitable, right? You just got to accept it. And once you overcome that and take ownership in that, when it surfaces, you just remind yourself, all right, this was coming, but it's part of the process, Lean back on your environment, bro. This is what happens. I'm feeling deflated. They're the ones who are going to charge you back up and get you back on the right track. And so that's what I'll say to that one, bro. 
Powerful, bro. Hey, I want to be respectful of your time. I could end up talking to you for two or three hours easily. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing we haven't touched on, which I just want to ask quickly, is obviously a huge part of, of your uh, beliefs and your movement is based around, you know, plant-based eating, right? And it's, it's, a, it's something that I feel has, it, it polarizes people massively. And one thing I've respected about the way that you go about it is that you, you come at it from an angle where you're not militant about it and in doing so, you get your message across. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of that community around veganism and stuff actually ends up building an anti-vegan movement yeah. just as large. Can you just talk to your um, your connection to food for a minute and your your movement there? Because I mean, I, I'm not. I've gone through phases of trying to eat plant based and stuff like that. I'm I'm by no means plant based, but I really I've heard you speak about it, and and of all people, you you make me really consider things. And so yeah. can you just speak to that for a bit? Because I feel like you have a great voice for that community. And I think, you know, from an environmental point of view and, you know, the connection to heritage and stuff like that, there's just some really powerful stuff in there. Yeah, no, awesome, bro. And, you know, you're right, bro. I don't really, like, talk too much about this aspect of myself, even though it's it's a major part of my life because of the connotations that are associated with plant-based or veganism, right? And for me... I just allow myself to be the example, right? With any message that anyone shares, you better be an example of that message yeah, right. for it to have any weight, right? For your words to have any weight, you better be implementing or be an example of the message that you're wanting to share. And so for me, bro, I just live a lifestyle that is definitely governed by the nutrition that I have, but it's also the insight that it provides. Right, the benefit, the extreme benefits that I receive from this lifestyle are the values that are really foundational within it. Right, things such as love, compassion, empathy, gratitude. These are high vibrational values and emotions, and they're embedded in this lifestyle mm -hmm. because what it allows us to do and enables us to be a lot more conscious about the food that is on our plate. Right, how did that food get here? You know, what has the earth, what has the planet, what has animals, what has people had to do in order for us to eat this food? You know, and for me, it's just trying to build those connections. And I don't like talking about all of the ethics because it's very heavy, bro. It's very confronting. And like you said, there are so many other voices that are just jamming that in front of people's faces, down people's throats. And for me, I'm just like, you know what? I don't I wouldn't subscribe to a message like that. So why would I say it? Mm. You know, I only share things in a way that I would receive it. And that was the message that I received from my best mate who was a vegan a year before me. And he was just living he was just living his life. And that was the example that I had. And that's what he said to me. I was like, bro, you know, I wouldn't listen to how people would share this lifestyle. I would only take on something that I would receive in a way that I would like it to be given, if that makes sense. And for me, bro, it's just like how I've been talking throughout this whole talk. It's, it's role modeling something that means something to you, right? And that's where I feel actions do actually speak louder than words. And like I said, bro, it's all about the value system. It's all about 
the well-being that I know it gives me. It's about the true alignment that I'm able to receive through food because it doesn't just open you up like physically. It challenges you mentally. It opens you up spiritually. And when we talk about the whole aspect of the self, we just move into a more holistic way of being, right? We feel connected. And for me, I'm able to... You know, that's why I think I can like look at plants or why I can get so much more in touch with nature is because of this lifestyle that I've embodied, mm. right? Where I can, I feel a whole lot, bro. I'm an emotional person, right? I can just tap into these different feelings and energies around me. And I never had that kind of awareness prior to going plant-based, right? Because it shifted me into a more conscious way of being. Because if you're conscious about your food, you're starting to think about all of these different aspects and that's how you start to see everything else. But the biggest one really just came onto myself when I started to deconstruct mm-hmm. all of my way of being and that really came down to the food, bro. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I said, mate, I think, you know, the way that you, the biggest thing I'll take away from that and, and it's something that is just such a good value to hold is that you have to represent what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And and I really uh, have appreciated the way that you you go about doing that and everything that you do, but particularly you know I, from a the plant based movement is like I said it's polarizing, and I just feel like you do yeah. the way that you go about it. If everyone was going about it in that way, would have a far bigger impact. Um, yeah, well, there's less judgment, bro. There's less judgment when you're just living your life. When you're not trying to control the way other people are living. When you're trying to impose a belief when you're trying to impose a certain way of living without even knowing that person's lived experience, who are you to do that? Right. And so for me, bro, I'm just like, I don't, I don't like how a lot of the language is being used within that space. Like I learn, I take what I want from it, but at the end of the day, bro, I'm not here to tell people how they should live or what they should eat. You know, all I'm here is just trying to live my best life. And if that has a flow-on effect, if people are wanting to know more about that, bro, I'll happily give, you know, the blueprints of what I've been able to achieve in my life just through simple mindfulness techniques, through simple breathwork techniques, through, you know, moving through growth and those kinds of things. So if you live organically, bro, the influence just happens, right? And I can tell, you know, especially through business, if, if you're in a good state, where the mission or the purpose is leading, everything else just falls into place as well. So for me, bro, it's just it's just the way of being for me, and I just love it, brother. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I, lo- I love it, bro. Hey, just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, man. I really, really, really appreciate your time. But prior to connecting on here and doing this podcast, I just admire the way you go about life. I admire your courage to put yourself out there to be honest uh, like I've mentioned already your ability to just show up and be your true self without apologizing to anyone about it and I find that incredibly inspiring it's something that I hope that I can take away from you and carry on to do myself Uh, and I just just really want to acknowledge your willingness to just give and grow and just make a positive contribution in the world bro cheers thank you brother thank you for this you know just time just to unload to share and you know you said something um, that I didn't really like touch on, which is just truth, bro. Like the truth is honestly where it's at, right? The truer parts of yourself, right? All of that fucked up shit that's happened in your life. It's happened. 
it's part of your truth, right? But you can't fold to being a victim of what has happened in your life, right? You've got to acknowledge that truth and enable that to be your pillar, to be your shield, to be your sense of courage, that if you can get through that, you're able to get through the majority of things that life have in front of us because we're not really fearful of what's in front of us. We're more fearful of what's holding us back. Right, so if we can deal with that just through recognizing the truth of it, we're able to use that with so much momentum that's just going to take us to places that we wouldn't even experience. And as soon as I started to uncover that, bro, that's when things really started to shift for me. And so thank you for bringing that up and for allowing me to come into the space. And I really hope people have uh, made it this far or taken some kind of value on it because you know, I can talk in a way that's really confronting or in a way that's like woo-woo, but it's real stuff. You know, this is stuff that's actually happening in my life or stuff that has happened in my life. And as you said, bro, I can't be apologetic about it because it's my truth. So thank you very much, bro. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your time, man. I wish you all the best moving forward. I'll be following closely. That's a brother. Thank you, bro. So there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rani Eda. Obviously, he's just an amazing guy with a really unique perspective and an amazing attitude towards life. If you're not already following him on social media, I highly recommend that you do. It's at Plant Based Mouldy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We've got a range of amazing episodes dropping over the coming week or two. Uh, and I just want to say thank you so much for your time and for tuning in. I hope that added value to you, and I look forward to you listening in on the next episode.